the Occupations, a podcast delivered by occupational therapy students at Gannon University. We are Alyssa Billick, Aurora Brown, Hannah Eckert, and Deanna Smith. And the topic of this episode is health and wellness with at-risk youth. So first we want to talk about who is at risk. So some people debate that it's the child, is it the family, or the community. So some would argue that all children are at risk in, at risk in some ways or another, while others emphasize that children face much higher risk than others do. So for example, children are seen at risk if they are disabled, if they have low self-esteem, or if they are abused. Um, alternatively, um, some would say that the families are at risk. So this could be if they come from a single parent household or if they are in poverty or if they have low education levels. And then lastly, if they focus on the community or the neighborhood, um, this could be if there is a low income community, a high crime rate or a low high school graduation rate. Um, these could be viewed as a place that puts children and adolescents at risk of poor outcomes. So then what are children at risk of? Surprisingly, rather than specifically indicating what children are at risk of, the phrase, the phrase is often used vaguely to refer to poor life outcomes in general. So when outcomes for children are mentioned, they tend to refer to very general long-term deficits, such as school failure, death, economic dependency, or incarceration. So Gannon is located in Erie, Pennsylvania, so that is what we are going to be focusing on, the location. So we looked up some statistics, um, and for 2018, households in Erie, PA, have a median income of about $36,000, which is less than the median income for the U.S., which was about 30, I'm sorry, $62,000. Um, so that's significant. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. significant. Um, and then people in poverty in Erie, it was about 26.4% in 2018. That's also a pretty significant um, percentage. And then the crime rate in 2018 for Erie was 309.2 people for every 100,000. Um, people. And then that's compared to U.S., which was 380.56. So it's a little lower than the average U.S. crime rate as well. So comparing that to health and wellness, um, I think kids who are at risk may not have or may not have access to these resources for health and wellness. Mm -hmm. What are you guys... I mean, because the annual income is so low, if any of these programs who with any good programs in Erie, they might have to pay for. And a lot of these households might not be able to afford to send their kids to these programs because the poverty level is so low. So I think that really poses a risk for children because they can't partake in the health and wellness um, if a cost is associated with it. Definitely. Yeah, I think something, too, just overall, um, looking at the at-risk as a child and then this translating into their overall life, like incarceration, their death, age. Um, we've seen in other classes and talked about with, like, the ACE scores how even just having some sort of traumatic event or 
um, barriers to their life. It's affected when um, the national compared to whenever they die or other things like that. I think that it's just so important to realize that even just where they grow up in can have an effect on their overall life. Even if they do get out of a community that um, maybe isn't as good as another community, it still will carry with them in their overall lifespan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think going off of that too, it's almost, it can almost turn into a cycle. So if you're raised in poverty, it's not always easy to get out of poverty. Mm-hmm. So it creates that cycle of constantly not having the resources for health and wellness. And you're almost stuck in that cycle through your life. And it's, it can be really hard to get out of that once you're in it. So yep. I think that's important to look at as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So going off of the health and wellness, um, I wanted to kind of talk about the different resources that Erie has to offer within the community, um, specifically downtown. So whenever I was kind of looking into different healthy food options and access to these, I was super excited to hear about the Oasis Food Market that um, if you're from Erie, it's on downtown on State Street, um, that they were opened in 2018 and they offer... um, um, fresh produce, fruits, fruits, vegetables. Um, they even sell things from a local, like small businesses in Erie. So they're supporting local businesses um, that are able to, you're able to buy their goods from them there. But um, whenever I was doing some more research, I found that it's actually closing um, pretty um, right now, actually, within the last week or so I've been researching. And because of COVID-19 and the economic factors, that go into having a business on such a prominent Erie street of state street. Um, The rent was just too much for them to be able to stay open. They said that due to COVID-19 that they um, were unable to pay for these expenses. They're not getting as much foot traffic. And this has just really, I think it's going to affect a lot of people that live in downtown that might not have access because the city of Erie is a food desert. Um, so that just means that the grocery stores that you would see, Walmart, Dinegal, um, all these Wegmans, things like that, aren't readily available in downtown. You have to drive to these um, facilities to use their resources to get the fresh produce, get things like meat, um, vegetables, everything that you need to make a well-balanced diet you might not have. Um, so I think that that's just going to be a real concern for the residents that live in downtown, especially those who use public transportation. Um, I've been looking into a couple articles and watched a video on a gentleman who relies on public transportation to get his grocery shopping done. And he was saying just how in the winter months, it's so hard to carry all of his groceries home from a bus stop um, and that he can't really do like a full grocery haul for like a week because he can only get a couple of things at a time. So that's just a big concern and issue that I think needs to be addressed in Erie, um, that these, these resources need to stay open um, for the families, for children that um, need these healthy options to grow. They need these kind of um, foods in their diet. And the places that are offered that we've seen on State Street are like the Dollar General or like Rite Aid. But those aren't typically places that families should have to go to get their groceries. Mm -hmm. Those should be quick and convenient things that they just need to pick up, like um, hygiene products or just something quick. Um, It shouldn't be their main grocery store um, service. So I think that that's just something that is really going to affect a lot of people. And with winter coming up, 
Um, they've talked about doing like pop-up shops on Perry Square where they can do like farmer's markets. But with winter coming up, I think that it's going to be hard for a lot of businesses or farms to bring their products there with like harvests and things. Um, so I really feel as if the Erie community, specifically in downtown, is going to suffer from this food market shutting down. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I mean, when it comes to convenience food, convenience food isn't really all that nutritious for kids. Um, and that's what a lot of these families are going to have to look to with the closing of the Oasis market. Um, you know, the instant ramen, the mac and cheese, all that's food that we like to eat and it's good. Um, it's not nutritious and using that on a regular basis isn't good for kids. So, um, I don't know what the statistics are for Erie in terms of childhood obesity. I don't really think we delve too far into that, but I'm sure that those rates probably aren't great. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a big, big impact for kids. Yeah, and even like Aurora was saying, um, making those trips to the grocery stores, you have to go to the next town over. If you're using public transportation, um, you can't, you know, make big trips. Mm -hmm. So you have to make multiple trips, and that costs money to make multiple trips Mm -hmm. um, as well. And if you're low income, that adds up Mm -hmm. um, as well. So you're making multiple trips to the grocery store a week because you can't carry these things or, you know, whatever. If you're working, working a job or multiple jobs, you know, it's, it's inconvenient and it's not, it's not realistic. Yeah. 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 I think too, with it, with this market that's closing in downtown Erie, there's so many big companies down here like Erie insurance and Lecom and even Gannon. I'm surprised no one's offered to give funding to this to keep it open because I think this would not only benefit the community, but it can also benefit these big companies as they can get more services through what they offer. But then it's also providing more of an opportunity to get those healthy options in the Erie community. So I'm curious if anybody will try to give funding to this market to try to keep it open just to give more opportunities for the Erie community. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm surprised that it's Erie has gone so long being a food desert yeah. and there hasn't been options for the, the city of Erie and the people yeah. and the community. Yeah. Exactly. And kind of going off of what Hannah said about the obesity rate. Um, so the national average is childhood obesity is 15.3% and Erie is at 17.4% and growing. So that just shows those communities, um, that are lower income, maybe the community, the schools or the areas, they have it broken down as well between the rural city and suburban schools. And mm-hmm. it showed that there's a higher chance of obesity in children that have the city schools. Um, so that's just something to really consider that these are affecting our children mm-hmm. and it's just getting worse. These rates are going up each year that they do this study. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So our next topic that we're going to be talking about is how trauma affects occupations. So with children, when they're growing up with a secure attachment with their parents, they're able to explore their environment. They're able to develop appropriately. They're able to hit all of those milestones much more easily than a child who has experienced some sort of trauma, whether that be, um, like Alyssa said, with poverty, if there's abuse in the household, alcoholism, Um, there's a number of factors that could go on within a household that could impact a child's development. But 
when that secure attachment is compromised as a result, childhood occupations may reflect the need to assume roles such as protector or a keeper of secrets, as opposed to the freedom to explore and learn through play. And this definitely inhibits opportunities later in their life um, because play is such a big, it's the number one occupation for children. Um, if they don't have play, they're really not going to be able to develop develop appropriately. They're not going to be able to explore their environment. So when they have all of this trauma and these built-up secrets and they're not able to cope with it, um, it directly relates to them trying to explore their environment. So oftentimes they'll partake in activities and occupations that are done in isolation. And different studies have come out and said, well, technically this might not be a bad thing. Um, children learning how to play with themselves and, you know, take part in um, isolation play isn't always a bad thing when it's pro prolonged isolation is when it gets bad. And that can happen a lot of the times with kids who experience trauma. So they don't have good social skills. They're in social isolation. Um, that could decrease their quality of life because they're not able to partake in occupations that require the social participation that's needed. Um, the same study that I was looking at stated that the prevalence of secrecy, shame, and confusion experienced in childhood may also contribute to inhibited social interactions and occupational engagement as adults. So studies have found that, um, you know, the experiences that children have when they're young correlates to how they grow up in the lives that they live as adults. So it's very important for us as anybody who wants to get into pediatrics um, to try and stop some of that, try and help them cope with their trauma early on so then they have a better, um, better outlook on life as they, as they age. So another um, quote that I've highlighted is, um, having learned that boredom and worry are the norm, children lose their curiosity, their interest, and their desire to explore new possibilities. They no longer perceive the many opportunities for action around them. They no longer feel that they have the skills they can use. So, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. They, they lack the self-confidence. They, they, lack, they lack a lot of things, the social interaction. Um, without the desire to explore the world, children, may, they're just not going to partake in occupations. So this leads to an overall decrease of life. Um, do you guys have anything to add about anything that we've learned in classes? Um, um, I kind of have a, a personal story. Yeah. Um, my neighbor, um, they are a foster family. So they actually have two little boys with them now. Um, one was addicted to heroin when he was born and the other was addicted to meth. Um, they have like a long track record. The little boys are now three years old, but they, the family first got them when they were very young. Like I would say six months old, seven months old. Um, so with the little boy that was addicted to heroin, he was definitely delayed when he was put with the family, but um, he eventually went back with his birth mother and they found him on the streets with his mom um, for two weeks. They had found out he had been like missing on the streets for two weeks. And when the foster family got him back, he was about like a year and a half old and he was no longer talking. He wasn't walking. Um, so just that small trauma for someone so young affected his development so badly that it took like four to five months to get him back to where he was when he was one years old. So even though he was back to where he was, he still wasn't developing at the normal rate that the other little boy was there the same age. 
Um, so I think like trauma overall can affect you as young as one years old. So yeah. I think having these resources to help kids that have these traumas in their life is super, super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful that we're learning about trauma and the impact that can have. It's, it's so significant, the impact, and especially yeah. the physical impact that can have on, on people. Yeah. It's, 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 it's significant. Yeah. Um, so it's so important to know, especially as practitioners. Um, but yeah, it's, and especially in communities where it's low income um, and they may not have the resources to mm-hmm. reach out. Um, it's significant that we know what's going on and yep. that we can reach out and help yep. and prevent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think just going off of that, um, it makes you kind of wonder and it kind of opens up your eyes to if you're in a facility where you're seeing children or like if you're in a school and maybe the kids that kind of stay to themselves, they don't really know how to engage or how to appropriately ask someone to play with them or they just kind of are those real quiet ones that just kind of go through and just kind of stay to themselves. I think that that's just important to just kind of keep aware of that and what Mm -hmm. that's really doing to them, how they've grown, how they've developed and maybe see potential um, in their lack of social interaction and experiences. Yeah, that's Definitely. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of going off of that, we're going to talk about some programs that Erie has to offer, and then we'll go into some programs that we might be able to incorporate as OT practitioners. Um, so Erie actually has a ton of programs and opportunities for children and families Um, They provide many resources to help the community. Um, Some of these are church-based programs. Others are outside sources. So we'll just talk about a few. Um, One of them is the Achievement Center. Um, This does offer OT services. Um, They serve about 1,300 children each year, um, ages birth to 21. And they offer a variety of therapeutic services that have reached out to other communities around Erie, um, such as Crawford County, Forest County, and Warren County. Um, And the Achievement Center itself provides client-centered care and family-focused services with a variety of diagnoses that they treat, such as Down syndrome, anxiety disorder, developmental delays, sensory integrative disorders, bipolar disorder, and just so many more. Um, So some of the programs they offer are parenting classes, services for children with ADHD, autism services, behavioral health rehab services, um, family-based mental health, and just so many more. Um, But what I think is really important about this facility is they target mental health with the at-risk youth population in Erie. And this is super important since mental health can have a huge impact on a person's overall well-being, as we were just talking about how trauma can affect your overall well-being. Um, The only thing with this program is you do have to pay for services, and it's not free, So this could be a downfall as we were talking about the low income of the people of Erie. They might not be able to afford this service. Um, So that's kind of a bummer. But another program that Erie offers is called Al-Anon or Alateen. This does not have OT services, but it's for kids that are ages 10 to 20. And it's a program targeted for families and friends of loved ones who suffer from alcoholism. Um, So this allows their members to share their experiences, their strengths, and their hope in order to solve all the common problems that they may face living with someone who suffers from alcoholism. Um, So this is a place for people to connect and kind of help each other through their tough times. And this is a free group 
um, offered all over the state of Pennsylvania, not just in Erie, which I think is really awesome. But this is really similar to how a person would attend AA meetings. They just do a quick Google search of the Al-Anon teen itself, and they're able to pull up different meeting spots in Erie um, or wherever they are in Pennsylvania for that matter. Um, and with the coronavirus happening right now, the nice thing is they're offering meetings at the same time, but they're doing it over um, like a Zoom platform or other conference platforms so that they're still able to hold the meetings, just not in person. So um, I just think this was a really great program. Um, it can kind of get kids out of their like environments that might not be as safe and give them like a safe place to go to. So mm -hmm. I think that's a great place for them. Um, and another program opportunity um, that Erie has is they have a website called macaronikid.com. Um, it sounds pretty funny, but it's basically a website that provides a list of upcoming events, classes, and sport opportunities in Erie um, for families with children. And this provides these families with fun activities all year round to do. Um, so for example, this time of year, they have a ton of fall activities or crafts that you can do at home. Um, they have different locations of pumpkin patches and apple orchards to visit. And what I thought was really awesome was they have a link to the YMCA of Erie that included a six week wellness challenge um, that the YMCA is putting on. So this is really awesome that they're putting out a wellness challenge and program for people to take advantage of that they might not know exists right now. Um, so this website is definitely a big resource that if people in Erie know about it, it's really great to use, but I think it could also, if we put it out there and get people to know about it, it can spread awareness of what they have to offer. Um, so these are some really great programs that Erie offers, but there's definitely um, programs that are lacking um, that incorporate health and wellness and occupational therapy. So there's a ton of ways that OTs can help incorporate health and wellness into the community for at-risk children. And since health and wellness was just added to the OTPF4, I think it just shows how prevalent OTs are in this field and how much of a difference we can actually make. Mm -hmm. um, so I know a program that Gannon's affiliated with is Booker T. Washington. Um, it's an after-school program, but I'll actually let Aurora kind of talk about that because she did a field experience there and talk to you guys about what's offered. Um, yeah, so I completed my level one um, psych social field work there. And I, I definitely think that it's a great program. Um, it helps a lot of children, but definitely there could be more of just awareness, I think, of overall health and wellness. Um, I know that funding is definitely an issue there, um, that they need more funding in order to do more programs. But I think that it just really helps children specifically just have somewhere to go after school that's safe, um, that they can do their homework, that they can have access to computers if they need it for their classes. Um, there's tutors there. It just helped them just... Um, give them a program that was they're able to go to that was safe and they got a full meal at the beginning um, so they kind of had a routine where they would have a meal and they would have like a fruit a vegetable and a, like a protein so they had like a nice warm meal that was something that the um, program director stressed that he wanted to make sure that these children five days a week were receiving a hot meal to have after they were done at school because um, just simply some might not have that whenever they go home so I think that that was great that they had, that they were able to um, make sure that all the food groups were involved in the meal. 
And then from there, they had help with resources, with homework. Um, they were able to play and just have that social interaction with other kids. Um, I will say, though, that as the children got older, we would only see maybe up to sixth grade. So I think that Erie, um, as a community or even just an extension on Booker T, could work on trying to target more of the um, adolescent population and high school population, maybe because they don't need that direct like supervision or care after school, but just give them something that they can go to. They can have a meal. They can have computer resources if they need it for homework. Um, I definitely think that the Booker T Center um, was a great option for children and that they were able to get some sort of programming after school that kept them busy, kept them, you know, safe. Throughout the summer as well, they're able to go. Um, they do swimming and they do crafts and they still do um, schoolwork. Like they'll do like practice problems if they're going into the next grade to really prepare them and get them still in that routine. Um, but I would like to see it in the future, maybe grow into more of a health and wellness and OT environment. Um, yeah. No, that's a great point too. And like you were saying with that population, they're definitely lacking. And as OTs, I think helping them establish those routines and their role in society and what habits they can create is going to make a huge difference for them overall. Mm. Do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely think there's a, there's a big place for OT in programs like Booker T um, and even adding that education aspect into it um, so that whenever they get older and they do stay at home alone um, even if they aren't attending programming, they have that education background mm-hmm. to know what to do, mm-hmm. um, especially with the health and wellness um, portion. Um, if their parents are working night shift or they're working a few jobs and they're home alone and, you know, whatever's in the fridge, they know what to eat or they can cook meals for themselves or their siblings. Um, they know what to reach for and they know what is the best option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. I know a lot of studies, not a lot of studies, but studies that I've looked at and what we've talked about in class, a lot of the times these kids just need a role model or somebody that they can talk to. Um, and I think that's where OT can come in as well. I mean, we can act as that person that kids can rely on to go to for help. So having OTs in a program like this is so important um, because we can really, really do a lot of, a lot of work with them. We have a lot of tools in our toolbox for health and wellness and establishing positive routines and roles. And so I think just having them know that they can come talk to somebody, I think that would just be a world of difference. So I think us being, us students being in the Booker T program is so important, but our role just needs to be established more, I think, and um, a little bit more structure with programs and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this was Health and Wellness with At-Risk Youth. Thank you for listening. 